0: Welcome to the More Than a Mommy podcast. I am your host, Nakia Hines, and I'm so excited to introduce this special season, a mini season dedicated specifically to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm so excited excited and elated to share my personal journey with you as i've endured and thrived and survived through breast cancer as a survivor on the other side so take a seat do whatever you gotta do and let's go on this journey together let's go hello hello and hello every time i convince myself to take a break from the podcast i am fully convinced that i needed the break until i get back on the mic and i remember how connected i feel to whoever you are listening so thank you so much of course for tuning in joining me on this special adventure, one that I've never ventured on before. Um, I hope that even if you are not a person who is a survivor, maybe you can feel encouraged and share with a survivor and even if that's not the case, maybe you can just be encouraged by the way that the Lord showed up for me. So as you can see, I am jumping right on in. This is technically season three, Three of the podcast already, but this is a super special season dedicated to October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And if you are an avid listener and you've heard the last few episodes, especially, you might remember that I have been alluding to something that I was experiencing or a journey that I was on. And that journey was actually an experience where um traces of breast cancer was found in one of my boobies and so um I really I don't want to use the word love but I find value in um seeking out revelation in everything that I go through not at all saying or suggesting that we should think that um Every moment of pain or every moment of trauma is like this magical gift from God. That's not what I'm saying, and I'll get more into that later. But I really believe that the Lord won't allow me to go through anything and then just not use it. So I didn't want this moment to be wasted in my life. I know it's going to be a short moment compared to everything else that i will experience that will be beautiful and wonderful but it is so impactful and it has blessed me so much which sounds crazy to say that i really wanted to share this with you and whoever you share this with um so we're just gonna dive right in because i intend to make this episode or not this episode excuse me this season like a mini season so less than five episodes and something in my spirit (laughs) is telling me that that is a very lofty goal but I think I can do it if I just jump right in start from the beginning stop where I need to stop and let the Lord use me you feel me but I do hope that you're well. of course I hope that you are allowing for well-being to be a permanent and prominent part of your life I hope that you are choosing joy and rest in everything that you do. I hope that you are productive and living out your dreams, going after your dreams, and of course, submitting those dreams to God. And I hope that you are choosing good things for yourself. Good energy, good people, good love, good support, good thoughts, good food, good hydration, and just goodness. All right, so as I share this story i don't think i'm going to be able to speak in a linear fashion because that's just not my jam but just know that even if we do twists and turns i'm going to get you from point a to point b just just hear me out so um back in february and for those who may listen later this is october 2021 currently as i'm speaking to you and so in february of this year no, let's, let's see. We already have to rewind. One thing that is important to know about this story is that, of course, the podcast is called More Than a Mommy because I am a mommy. And my daughter was breast—she was extended breastfeeding, so we were doing extended breastfeeding— But before you even know that, it's important to know that I'm already a cancer survivor. So when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's a type of leukemia. And it started with like this lump under my left armpit. And I was a dance major. So I went to a performing arts school. And so we had majors like, you know, focus areas that we would, um, be guided through the arts with and so i was a dance major and i remember like in dance class just not being able to put my arm down i was in sixth grade it was like december of sixth grade and i remember it like it hurting and i had just switched to like this new deodorant so my mom was like oh you know maybe it's like you know a bad reaction to the deodorant so I was like okay let's see but it just never went down okay so fast forward we got a biopsy the biopsy came back neck or positive I should say and I remember like my mom getting that phone call and just being devastated and me being my 11 year old self who was definitely a people pleaser and didn't know it at the time but I remember trying to cheer her up trying to cheer my mother up and telling her it was going to be okay and this is me like as an 11 year old who is actually the person who just got diagnosed right so yes I went through um over a year of treatment so i had a surgery to remove the tumor and then i also had chemotherapy which was grueling and gruesome and very difficult and i wish that on no one um lost all my hair was very sick somehow was determined to go to school still in between like my treatments there were definitely days where i just couldn't make it to school shout out to my sixth grade reading teacher my soror gloria king um who came to my house and taught me reading lessons when i couldn't make it to school but uh, for the most part like my mom got me a wig And because, like, sis was out here, Mr. Clean, bald. Like, I want you to picture that this struggle was very real, but that that tenacity and resilience was matching it, okay? It was matching it. Um, But yeah, I got a wig. One thing that I really wish I knew then is that cancer. and like having a diagnosis is nothing to be embarrassed about but of course that's something I know in hindsight but as a little 11 year old I was just so embarrassed and it wasn't it was like a secret it was like covered in shame and kids would be mean and bully me and this like I was in a language arts class one time and this little boy tried to like pull my wig off I remember I got in a fight in seventh grade because like I think somebody else was like trying to pull my wig off. And I, I think that kids like shun what they don't understand. And they also like, I, as a teacher too, I think about ways that we could have said, okay, class, you know, Nakia wants to share this with you. And I think they would have had more empathy. But anyway, and that was the struggle that I experienced, but we made it through. So I had chemotherapy, I had radiation, which is super important to know so I, by that time I was like um, almost 12 so in my puberty years and I had mantle radiation and so what mantle radiation is is like in your chest area from your underarm your armpits to your chest area Ra- two things I will say chemotherapy and radiation though they were very essential to my survival those are very harsh things to your body and it kind of was just like let me wipe everything out took out good cells and bad cells just to make sure that like I went into remission so obviously I did go into remission finally after almost I'll say like I think it was maybe two years I don't know if it was if I was 12 or 13 I do remember like getting cleared for something when i was 12 like for my 12th birthday i didn't have to have chemotherapy anymore i think um so yeah that's the background now rewind to that mantle radiation because i received that radiation during puberty um it was always like a risk factor that i could have breast cancer because radiation again hurts your cells i won't go into the scientific just google it if it's really interested interesting to you especially if you had radiation but so my um gynecologist was like one of the people who was who was also a part of my survivor's care and um one of the things that he told me was like okay well you definitely need to have a child before you are like 29 years and I don't know what it was like seven months it was a very specific time so i that's why like my baby was planned we waited as long as we could and then we had her before i turned 30 or i had her before i turned 30. um other things were just like i forgot it was just oh i i agreed to go on this trial for a drug called tamoxifen um that like really alterates your hormones and that was also kind of rough and um i was just doing things that i thought or i was following what my survivorship's um instructions were okay so now let's fast forward to the present so back to what i was saying about my baby she was nursing and when i first moved here to where i live now got a new oncologist and um when i told him i was pregnant he did share because before oh, part of my survivor's care was that i needed to get mammograms every year just to make sure that like that radiation didn't cause any problems right um normally women don't get radiate i mean uh, mammograms until like i think 40 or something maybe 45 don't fact check me here because I don't know because I've been literally kidding them for about two decades um and so I um told him I was pregnant and then I told him I was nursing and then he told me that I didn't need to get a mammogram until I stopped nursing because like when this is another like this is not a high level (laughs) overview but if you're interested when you are nursing your boobies the milk makes your breast tissue looks look more dense and so you it could basically result in false positives to simplify it so basically i didn't need to get any mammograms until she stopped nursing well sis was out here nursing and it was like um she was over two years old and then by that time the pandemic happened so we were deep into the pandemic so I'm like oh I am healthy I am well I'm definitely not going to get any of my annual checkups this year because I don't want to be in anybody's hospital clinic where there could be covid patients and then i'm exposed just for getting like a checkup but around december-ish maybe even november-ish of 2020 my mom kept telling me like hmm have you she kept asking me if i had gone to do my mammogram and i'm like no i haven't and i explained to her why i had it and what my oncologist said And normally like if i say oh no i'm good she'll like leave it alone but she literally kept asking me over and over and over again like over the course of months to where i finally felt pressured enough to go and literally like i had the appointment i canceled it i just was very uncomfortable with being in hospitals during the pandemic and the pandemic is still here but you know like during that first initial big wave So I was canceling my appointments and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go. So, and then I also, like, I'm a big research nerd and I also knew that, like, um, having radiation on my boobs while nursing could negatively impact my milk and i didn't want any of that to be shifting molecules or doing anything that my baby would receive so I was like okay you know what i will agree to do a breast ultrasound instead of a mammogram because i'm like you know that can also see if there's anything in there and it's less intrusive so we went to get the be- breast ultrasound and they were like, you know, we need some more pictures. This is not, I forgot what the actual wording was, but they basically told me, like, hey, you need to come back in. So I'm like, okay, cool. So then I go back in. That's when I started, like, canceling appointments, I think. I go back in, and um, the, the, um, I don't know if I had a biopsy first or if I had, the mammogram first but I had the mammogram for sure I know I had the biopsy Y'all, I'm out here trying to remember and I really don't remember which was first but I will tell you that that biopsy hurt like crap um the left side they thought they saw something but it was dense they I believe they biopsied it too just to make sure um but that one was fine but the right one they were like the I don't even remember what you call it, but the person who was doing my mammogram, sis was like, I'm very concerned about this. I'm very concerned. I'm like, What what do you what do you mean by you're very concerned? And she had the most grave look on her face. And I'm like, Bruh Now mind you, I like I went to get these checkups so that I can get my mom off my back. I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't have, you know, any like anything there was no lump there was no pain there was nothing that you often see when someone says these are indicators of breast cancer so I'm like what what she mean and remember it's COVID so you can't have any visitors with you so I'm literally in that hospital by myself with this lady who really I could tell she legally could not diagnose me right there but she was trying to like speak to me in like wavelengths or something and she was like no I am highly concerned so of course I'm crying on the table and there was this one nurse and I just remember her being so kind because the other people were being like very business as usual like treating the patient as if the patient is not human type deal and the one lady like definitely saw me crying and she just like you know tried to encourage me a little bit validated how I was feeling and was still trying to be upbeat about it but you know like she she humanized the process so anyway this was like late January and they were like I think it was a Friday or maybe a Thursday and they were like well it's gonna take however many hours like maybe 48 hours for us to read get the biopsy reading back so I'm like oh my gosh why would I choose to do this at the end of the week and now I have to wait because you of course they're not gonna call you on the weekend so needless to say on february 1st i got the phone call from the nurse practitioner who shared that my biopsy results had shown traces of breast cancer now it was like 1.7 centimeters but i was still extremely shocked because i was praying i really felt like my faith was high i prayed and asked and believed without doubt and so Like literally when I got that phone call, I was still in shock because that's how high my faith was. Like I really just believed like nobody in my family had breast cancer. This was not on my radar at all because I had no symptoms. And so when I got that phone call, I mean, thank God for my husband because I literally I don't it just felt like my whole body just sunk into the floor. Maybe not physically. I don't even remember what happened. Like if I try to visualize it right now, I don't remember what happened, but I do know that I was just in so, so huge of a state of disbelief that it was like, I had never been there before. So like the next day I went back to work um, and it just felt really strange. Like I could not pretend that, like you know how sometimes you go through stuff and then you just put on a strong face and then you pretend like everything's okay. Like I literally had to turn on a guided meditation cried it out I talked to two of my colleagues who like I really um like you know felt comfortable with confiding in because I knew they weren't going to spill my tea to all these other nosy people I had to turn on like some corn hawthorn and like really really like basically build up my spirit and then I had to keep asking myself like so now what are you going to do Now that your prayer wasn't answered in the way that you hoped and I realized that the truth is that God never told me that I wouldn't experience afflictions right his nothing in the word says that we're not going to experience afflictions he just promised that we were healed because of Jesus' sacrifice and that we would be healed from every and any affliction especially when we just gave it up to him so I made it very clear the very next day after I received the diagnosis that I was not sick I was not going to say that I had cancer I every time I shared the news with someone I always said there were traces found in my right breast and that was very intentional because our words um, really had power I also shared like a, I'm not sick I just have cells that need to be removed I'm not worried I'm not sad in a way that um is bringing me down to a point where I feel like God can't deliver me but I knew that if he allowed me to beat the beast 20 years prior he was going to do it again because that's just who he is right that's his character and I also realized that like once I calmed down because we're human feelings are real and they are valid, but they're not fact. And I realized that we have the choice in how we handle our obstacles. Yes, I was angry. Yes, I was frustrated. Like people don't talk about that part. And that's why I think it's important to open up this dialogue. Because, you know, I'm all about um, vulnerable conversations and candid conversations. So we can like pull off the veil of shame and secrecy and really begin to heal and grow together in community but like yes I was feeling all of those feelings and all of those things but I made the choice to thrive I I made the choice to still continue to be happy and be filled with joy I made the choice to choose to trust God excuse me I made the choice to just tr- blah to trust God and trust his plan And even though like all of that was happening, I was like, you know what? I'm still going to believe that his plan is still at work, even in the midst of this all. Yes, it's okay to cry. I give myself permission to cry whenever I needed to. But I always wanted to remember that like there's also a reason to smile. And I found myself like encouraging others and realizing that part of me, part of my makeup really is to spread light and to help inspire others and that also like filled up my cup it reminded me that we all have a reason to be here and so like one thing I also did not want is people like bringing that low vibration to my spirit because I knew that if we were going to get through this in a way that was most desirable like we had to believe fully we had to like show our beliefs in the way that we were thinking and acting and speaking and I could not have anybody around me in that village that wasn't believing at the same level or you know rate that I was believing in So then um, I met with my oncologist. He shared that we caught it super early and it was stage one. So thank God. Um, You know, my mom badgered me and that had to be the Holy Spirit, like nudging her, that mama bear, whatever it was. I am so grateful because she literally saved my life, right? so then after that I started meeting with my oncologist he was talking about the um, breast surgeon that I would meet everything started to move fast um one of the conversations was like okay does it need to be a lumpectomy or does it need to be a mastectomy and then the biggest thing that I felt in that time was that like COVID had already disrupted so much in our lives and I was just thinking about my little two-year-old and how it just broke my heart to feel like there was going to be more disruption and more like you know added stress to her and so that was like what really broke my heart but again and you'll understand why I keep saying this shout out to my boo because he really held it down so around that time too though I had just finished grad school thank god like the timing you'll see was just so divine I had just finished grad school with the 4.0 um it's a flex you know but (laughs) I had just finished it they were just like you know I had made that transition so that was one less thing I had to worry about and then I'll talk more about it um how things really start going fast in the next episode but one thing that I did learn or did notice the signs that I did have was like intensely prolonged stress and I'm going to tell you more about that before I mean not before but next time or maybe the episode after that but just know that like God showed up so amazingly for me and I have never seen him in the way that I had seen him through this journey. So many people were placed into my life in this season, and it just showed me not only how to thrive through a situation like this, but because trust me, um, it got very difficult to say the least. But like it strengthened the relationships that I feel like really were meant for me, and it quite frankly, you know, relinquish the ones that weren't. Um, Something that you'll learn or probably have learned if you've ever gone through something where you needed your village to really surround you is that like those people who are in your quote unquote circle that can't show up for you at your lowest moments really don't deserve to share your highest moments with you either. because they're kind of like a leech like they are there for your glory but that's only for their gain they are there for you when you can benefit them but not like when you are asking of them and you don't want those type of people in your lives you can wish them well you can pray for them you can still like keep in touch with them if that's what you desire But um, I realized that, like, this was such a pruning process and I didn't have to do anything but share my story. And then, like, they took care of the rest. They really did. So that is the background, right? I don't know what I'm going to name this episode, but it might be the background. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, that's it. I'm excited to really get into this with you all. And you stay blessed. Make sure you tell your friends about this, share it with them so that we can make the awareness what it needs to be. And I'll see you next time. Okay, bye.